If you would turn in your Bibles to 1 Kings 3, found on page 332. First Kings 3, we're going to start at verse 16. Then two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. The one woman said, O oh my Lord, this woman and I live in the same house, and I gave birth to a child while she was in the house. Then on the third day after I gave birth, this woman also gave birth. And we were alone. There was no one else with us in the house. Only we two were in the house. And this woman's son died in the night because she lay on him. And she arose at midnight and took my son from beside me while your servant slept and, and laid him on her breast and laid her dead son at my breast. When I arose in the morning to nurse my child, behold, he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning, behold, he was not my child that I had bore. But the other woman said, No, the living child is mine, and the dead child is yours. The, fir the first said, No, the dead child is yours, and the living child is mine. Thus they spoke before the king. Then the king said, The one says, This is my son that is alive, and your son's dead. The other says, No, but your son is dead, and my son is the living one. And the king said, Bring me a sword. So a sword was brought before the king, and the king said, Divide the living child into two. And give half to the, to the one and half to the other. Then the woman whose son was alive said to the king, because her heart yearned for her son, O oh my Lord, give her the living child, and by no means put him to death. But the other said, He shall be neither mine nor yours. Divide him. Then the king answered and said, Give the living child to the first woman, and by no means put him to death. She is his mother. And all Israel heard of the judgment that the king had rendered, and they stood in awe of the king because they perceived that the wisdom of God was in him to do justice. What kind of things did your mom teach you? Some of you may not have had the best role models. Others, others of you had very good, good mothers. But what are some of the lessons that our mothers taught us when we were growing up? I found a list of wisdom that mothers often bestow on their children. Maybe you've heard one of these before. Maybe you've heard yourself say them. Let me, let me go through a couple. Mothers teach their children about anticipation. Just wait until your father comes home. Mothers teach their children about receiving. You're going to get it when we get home. Mothers teach their children about contradictions of life. Answer me when I talk to you. Hey, don't talk back to me. Contradiction, right? Mothers teach their children about logic. Because I said so, that's why. If you fall down and break your neck, you're not going to be able to go with me to the store. Mothers teach their children how to become an adult. If you don't eat all your vegetables, you'll never grow up. Mothers teach their children about genetics. Oh, you're just like your father. Mothers teach their children how to have foresight. Make sure you wear clean underwear. You never know when you might be in an accident, right? I heard, I've actually heard that from my mother. Mothers teach their uh, children about the science of osmosis. Close your mouth and eat your supper. 
Mothers teach their uh, children about religion. You better pray that that all comes out of the carpet. Mothers teach their children about the importance of stamina. You're going to sit there all night until you eat your broccoli. Mothers teach their children about justice. One day when you have kids, I hope they're going to be just like you. I've heard that one. (laughs) Mothers teach their children about the frailty of life. I brought you into this world and I can take you out. (laughs) Now I know the moms here that, that have come, I'm sure you're all eager to hear a perfect Mother's Day sermon where I instruct you exactly how to be the perfect mom, right? You all came feeling that? Yeah, maybe not. And I, I hate to disappoint you, but we're, we're, what, what I would really like to do is just focus on what a mother's love is and what a mother's love is not. We really have two examples of, of a mother's love in, in our story. And it's one of those stories where you just kind of shake your head. I can remember hearing this, this story when I was in probably first or second grade. Is this really a story to teach little kids? <laughs> That's what I always wondered. And I remember when uh, Solomon asked that that sword be brought, you know, and, and I remember thinking to myself, well, how are both those halves going to be able to be alive after he cuts them? You know, for a little kid, it's hard to kind of comprehend what's all going on here. But this is a story that's in uh, the Bible, and it, it teaches us a lesson, but it also, I think, um, showed the people just how wise uh, Solomon was. Now, in this, now in this story, um, like I said, we, we see the incredible wisdom of, of Solomon. Um, remember that old TV game show, um, To Tell the Truth? I know that's an old one, but you'd have three contestants up front, and then all three were told to be somebody, and they had to lie about it. And, and there were celebrities there that would try to figure out who was the one who was lying. And it's amazing how well people can lie. I mean, sometimes they definitely had those who had to choose um, fooled. It's just amazing, though, how people can lie, and we definitely see that in our, our story this morning. Which mom was telling the truth? Which mom was lying? Solution Solomon came up with showed the true mother's heart of the two moms. So in our story, both moms were told are prostitutes, which would have been kind of shocking because, again, that was taboo. That was looked down upon. Um, Both these moms shared a a house together. They They were roommates. Both of them had a baby within just a couple days of each other. During the night, the one woman apparently rolled over on her baby and suffocated it. And, and so, while the other woman slept, she switched babies and said that her baby was the other one's. So you can just imagine what it was like when those two moms woke up in the morning and the one mom noticed that not only was the baby dead, but it wasn't her baby. You can just imagine the, the fighting, the bickering, and that that went on and it was so bad apparently it ended up going before Solomon now if you were Solomon what would you do how can you tell the difference I think if it was today they'd probably go on Maury and do a DNA test or something like that but they didn't have that back then and so how was Solomon going to figure out who the real mom was 
Sunday school teacher once told her first grade class this story and asked her students if they had been one of the moms, which one, what would they have said to the king When they talk to the king, what would they have asked for? Let me start over. Sunday school teacher once told her first grade class the story and asked her students if they had been one of the moms, what would they have said to the king? What would they have asked for? One little boy right away put up his hand and the teacher says, well, what do you think? And he goes, well, I, I think if I was one of the moms, I would have asked for the bigger piece. Again, not quite understanding what this story is all about. Now, when the mom whose child was still living found out what Solomon was planning to do, since it was her child, she's filled with compassion, she's filled with love, and obviously she doesn't want the child to be hurt. And so she says, just give my child to the other woman. I'd rather have that than to see the child be killed. Now, as we look at both mothers' reactions, what do we learn, again, about love in this passage? And I I think the first is we're shown a clear example of of the ugliness of love, which really isn't love at all. When the woman found her child dead in the middle of the night, you see how shallow her love really is. Instead of grieving for her baby, she just quickly trades him for another one. She doesn't want the other, she just doesn't want the other woman to be happy. And, and so even after Solomon says, well, let's divide the baby in half, she thinks it's a good idea. Again, because she's so jealous. She doesn't want the other woman to be happy, and so she would rather have the child killed than to see her get the little baby. Do you see where this woman's focus is when it comes to love? It's all about her. It's all about her needs, her wants, her desires, her wishes. Even her lack of of concern for her her roommate and what she was going through, uh, again, shows you how, how heartless this woman is. She's bitter and she can't see past her own feelings and her own desires. Does that sound familiar at all to you? I think we can see a lot of that kind of love in the world today. That's what we see on TV, we can read about in the newspapers. I think the, the whole uh, issue with uh, abortion as well, it's a very selfish kind of thing where a woman might be willing to put herself before the child within her womb. I know that's a, a tough one and a very controversial one, and it's been in the, the news with uh, the um, decision by the Supreme Court just recently. And we can praise the Lord for that. But, but still, it, 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 it's a struggle, you know, for those who are in that predicament. And, and so while we're, we praise the Lord for this decision, I, I think we need to really step up and help those moms who are, are struggling, who are going to have their child, that we might support them and help them get through times like that. Because it is a lot of work having a little baby, especially when you're by yourself. But still, I, I think the, the, the whole thing of, of um, maybe somebody being willing to uh, um, get rid of that life um, because it's an inconvenience, 
Again, that's a very selfish way to look at things. Some of you might remember, as, as I do, that horrible uh, um, news report years ago of that woman who allowed her uh, two kids, while they're still strapped in the back seat of the car, um, to let it go into the water, and, and they ended up drowning. And um, She was later arrested and, and, and put in prison, but when they interviewed her, um, asking her why she did what she did, she talked about how she had just found a new boyfriend, and the kids were in the way, and she kind of wanted to just focus on her new relationship. And when we hear of that, it, it, it's shocking. It's, it's hard to even imagine how, how a mom could do that. But yet we see a picture of it right here in our, our, our passage. Love can be very selfish. And like I said, that really isn't love at all. But what about your love? Do you give freely to others? And I'm talking about love. Do you, do you love others freely? Or are you very, uh, do you withhold it? Um, do you make them earn that love? Are you willing to love others even when it's costly? Are you willing to love even when there's no benefit to you and you'll get nothing in return? That's why a, a mother's love in Scripture is often used to describe God's love, the love that He has for us. And that's my second point. Because in the story, we also see a picture of some incredible love, a very sacrificial love in, in this other woman. I can remember when my kids were uh, younger, um, in high school, um, we would often have their friends stop over for uh, a dinner um, unexpectedly. I remember one Sunday after church, um, one of them had a friend, I don't even remember which one, but we had steak that Sunday. Now, steak is a sacred thing for me and my, my family. I mean, I don't get steak very often, and so I look forward to that steak on the grill. And suddenly we have an intruder who thinks he's going to eat some of my steak or our steak. Well, I remember, you know, I, we all trimmed some of our steaks, you know, cut a piece off so that, you know, this person that came to visit would have something to eat too. I, I carved off all the grizzle and the fat, and I was willing to... Give some of it, <laughs> donate some as well. But anyways, what, what, the reason I'm bringing this story up is there really wasn't enough uh, meat. The steaks were little. And, and you know what my dear wife did? She gave up her steak for this person that, that came to visit. I don't know if I would do that. I mean, steak, wow, that's, that's a special gift. But it, it says something about a mother's love how she gives, how sacrificial it can be. And if a mom can do that with somebody that she's not even related to, yet when you think about how she loves our children, cares for them, instructs them, shows them what it means to really love, what, what a gift from God. And again, it's really something that we need to celebrate. This is the giving love, again, that we see this one mom has for her child in, in our story. This mom loved her child so much she was willing to give it up in order to keep it alive, even though the other woman would end up raising her flesh and blood. She couldn't bear to see that little baby split in two. She was willing to sacrifice her needs as a mom in order to save her child. 
even though she had been wronged by her roommate, faced the possibility of now being separated from her child for good, because I'm sure they weren't roommates long after this. Yet she was willing to give up her claim on the child in order to protect it, in order to keep it alive. Remember how Moses' mom was willing to do that? She made that little ark, little basket, covered it with pitch. And they were killing all the baby boys, and she put her son in that basket and sent it down the Nile. What a tough thing to do. And then to have a princess take your child and claim it as her own. That's your child. But then the amazing thing about that story, the princess then in turn asked the Moses' mom if she would be the, the nursemaid um, for the child and, until it was weaned. And, and again, you can just see God at work through that story. It's the nature of a, of, of a mother's love. And, and there's a poem written by Ruth Bell Graham that I think really describes a mom's love. And, and let me read this to you. She goes, Had I been Joseph's mother, I'd have prayed protection from his brothers. God, keep him safe. He is so young, so different from the others. Mercifully, she never knew there would be slavery and prison too. Had I been Moses' mother, I'd have wept to keep my little son, praying she might forget the babe drawn from the water of the Nile, had I not kept him for her, nursing him the while, while he's, was he not mine, and she but Pharaoh's daughter. Had I been Daniel's mother, I should have pled, give victory, the Babylonian horde, godless and cruel. Don't let him be a captive, better dead, almighty Lord. Had I been Mary, oh, if I had been Mary, I would have cried anything, O oh God, anything, but crucified. That's the kind of love that's being shown in our text. The, the, the Hebrew word for it is hesed. Um, and it's the loving kindness of God. And it's very similar to the, the, the Greek word agape in, in the New Testament. Agape love is a very giving and sacrificial love. It's, it's given even when it's not deserved. It's the very love that God has for us that enabled him to send his one and only son. It's the love that filled Jesus, that took him to the cross. That's why he was willing to die there for our sins. In obedience to his Father and out of his love for you and me. Agape love is a powerful thing. Paul talks about it, and this is how he describes it. He uses a bunch of adjectives, and which means we can either choose to love this way or not choose. But listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient and kind. It does not envy or boast. It is not proud or self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. What's Paul describing here in this text? Agape love. The very love that God has for us. This morning, what a privilege we have that we might celebrate our, our moms and see reflected in, in them the very love of God. And our world desperately needs these kind of role models because our world holds up people like the Kardashians. What a poor role model of what it means to be a woman. 
or some the latest pop star. They hold them up like this is how women should be, and that's not what the Bible says. It's not about out, outward beauty. It's about inward beauty. It's about being filled with the very love of God. And I think we see that often so clear in, in, in our moms and what a gift they are from God. This is the love we want our children and grandchildren to see. We want them to imitate. Because if they don't have that kind of a role model, then love can often become very selfish. This is why it's good that we take a day like this and, and, and celebrate God's gift of mothers and see in them the very love of God, the love God has for us. You may wonder why the story is in the Bible in the first place, especially given what it's talking about and how it talks about prostitution, but I think it's clear God hadn't given up on these women, just as he hasn't forgotten, forgotten about us, even in our sin. God loves us, and he calls us to himself. All sinners are important to him. His love knows no limits. This is the love that each of us, that needs to fill us, this is the kind of love that needs to radiate from our lives for others to see. Paul sums it up well when he says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Praise the Lord for our mother's love, a reflection of the very heart of God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we just thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the lessons of the story. Lord, showing us the kind of love, Lord, that is not pleasing to you and the kind of love that is. And we just pray, Lord, that that very love might be evident in each of our lives and all that we do and say. We pray, Lord, it might be our calling card that the world around us might know us by our love. And we thank you, Lord, especially for the gift of, of our moms. And Lord, all that they've, they've meant to us and will continue to mean to us. And, and we just pray, Lord, that you will bless them, that the job you've given them is not an easy one. And we just pray, Lord, that you will fill them with grace and, and patience and, in, of course, an abundance of love. Lord, we just pray that in this day we might enjoy our time together as families, celebrating your gifts. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen.